welcome to State of the Nonprofits. I'm your host, Autumn Vest, Executive Director of MSS. Nonprofits are the heart of any community, and here in the Permian Basin, it's no different. This podcast is designed for people who want to make our community better. The ones who work in nonprofits, serve in nonprofits, or the ones who are just beginning to seek out a way to make life better for others. This is where we'll talk about the challenges and hurdles facing our nonprofits and the people we serve. We hope to discover and share some incredible stories of impact and success. Welcome back to State of the Nonprofits. Maybe it's just me, but this year is flying by at record speed. By September, most nonprofits are finalizing their fundraising needs for the year and are crafting their year-end giving campaign. In this episode, I'm excited to visit with this year's president of the Association of Fundraising Professionals of the Permian Basin, Melanie Size. Diving into year-end giving and all things AFP. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Melanie, let's let's start with you. What has been your journey in nonprofits? How did you come into fundraising? Oh, gosh. And it was so long ago. I, I hate to say it because it, it puts a, a date on my age, <laughs> but it's been over 20 years. I, I love writing. Writing is my passion. I started writing newsletters and just doing volunteer work for uh, different small organizations. And then, um, there was an organization that was starting up. Um, it was, a uh, Midland community development corporation mm-hmm. and it was housing. And so I got on board with them when they started with the 501c3 paperwork. And, um, I literally had one baby, a baby in my arm nursing and my laptop. And it was just the beginning. And I learned how to, do all the things and grant writing. And um, it was great for me because I was able to, uh, first of all, that was a really good, flexible job for me as a young mom. But also um, I was able to utilize my writing skills and uh, do some research, which are both things that I really love. And and that just, I never left. I mean, how can you leave nonprofit? Yeah, I think I tried for like a second and then realized, oh, wait, this is crazy. Hold on. And I think literally it took me maybe a month before I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I want it back in nonprofit again. Yes. I had a about a year that I took off and it's just it's there's something there's a whole different culture in um, nonprofit organizations. And it really does make a difference in your life when you're making a difference in the lives of others. It just changes the way you think, the way you feel. Um, and it's it's hard to to go back from that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you are the volunteer president for the Association of mm-hmm. Fundraising Professionals here in the Premier Basin, but your professional work is with centers, right? Yes. Centers so, for Children and Families. I am the marketing and development director. And you've been there for how long now? Almost four years. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I know you guys have, I've called it before the dream team at centers. You yes, guys have you quite have. the team over there. <laughs> it's a good team. It really is. We're very, we're very lucky there. So, um, that's great. Yeah. So you've been serving with the association of fundraising professionals for a little while now, and this year you're president. So tell me what is AFP? What are, what do you guys do? And I know COVID has kind of impacted you the last couple of years. Where are you at now? And what are you looking forward to? Um, well, let me just say the Association of Funding Professionals is the nation's largest uh, organization of funding professionals. Um, and so we're also international. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to an international conference in Canada, and that was really fun. And you realize 
there's so many of us doing similar things all across the world. So it's really great. And our Permian Basin chapter serves Midland and Odessa. We don't have an actual physical location. It's mostly volunteers. Um, but we do put on some fantastic lunch and learns. I think that's one of the little, um, it's a diamond in the rough out here because some of the speakers that we bring in are those that we'll see at national conferences and they're in our arena, they're rock stars. Mm -hmm. They're big, they're huge. And they come just for our Wednesday lunches. So it's pretty phenomenal. And I think people are missing out if they're not involved. It's, it's, you can learn so much. So who should be involved with AFP? Every nonprofit should have a representative. I, I think, I think it's very, um, it's very fruitful. I mean, you just pay your membership fee. You go to all of the lunch and learns. You're really constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great. If you're a funding, if you are a development director, grant writer, it's this is a great opportunity, even for um, contract grant writers, I think. Okay. It's just it's a great place. Well, and I can say for, as an executive director, I've, I have found a lot of... Um, benefit to being a part of AFP. You have access not only to the local chapter and the networking of those professionals and the lunch and learns that you guys do, but you also have access to the online resources and webinars and things like that through the national or international AFP as well. So that's really fantastic. And there's a lot of people like me who are hat racks. We're the ED, we're the development director, we're the XYZ, um, whatever you can think of, you know, and so when you're in a smaller agency that maybe doesn't have that development professional and you're trying to cover a lot of territory, you guys can really help give some great guidance for those of us. I'm not classically trained in fundraising. I'm an organizational person. I like the administrative side of things. So having that access is great for me. It really is. And I think if you're a nonprofit, you do wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all do. We all uh, we'll go in and and help and cover spots as needed. But we do have a lot of executive directors that participate as well. And some, sometimes it's because that is the actual funding professional in the organization. And sometimes it's just it's good to have someone there. And you can always attend as a as a guest. Well, and fundraising is not a one man job. You may have a development director, you may have a grant writer, but it really is a team effort. When you start when you start talking about relationships with corporations or relationships with individuals, you're talking about a team effort that takes everybody. Yes. Board members. We're always encouraging board members to fundraise. That's a that's a difficult one. Um, And fundraising sounds so scary to people. Asking for money never sounds like fun. Right. (laughs) It's like, I don't know about that. I don't know if they have the capacity. How do I feel comfortable asking for somebody to give money? And it makes people nervous. It It makes people uncomfortable, totally takes them out of of that comfort zone. But I think once you get yourself to really see what you're doing, you're not really asking, you're not asking for money for yourself. Right. So that would definitely be a different story. And you're not selling a product. You're asking people to invest. You're asking them to invest in what you're doing for their community, for where they live. So um, that always, I think, helps me to convey what that means to other people and certainly what it means for me. I think I'd be a terrible sales salesperson. Right. But I have no me problem. Too. <laughs> I have no problem asking for money yeah. because I know the cause 
is worth it's worthwhile to everyone who lives here. Sure. It's easy to get passionate when you're talking about serving people and yes. serving a community. It's a little hard to have the same passion around a widget, you know? Yes. This exactly. widget A does X. It's a little hard to sell those things for me. Yes. People, and there are people I'm that sure. do very well and that's wonderful. <laughs> it's just, it's not our calling. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I mentioned earlier nonprofits where, so this is September. We're near nine months into the year, or almost nine months into the year. And mm-hmm. we're looking at how are we going to meet our fundraising goals right now with our current budget needs. A lot of us are already looking ahead into 2023, but we're finalizing what is our year-end campaign look like to, to meet those goals. You know, is it still effective to do a year-end giving campaign for nonprofits now in 2022? My opinion, yes. Mm-hmm. I think so. Midland Odessa is a bubble. It's a different type of area in so many ways. And I do think there are many people here that respond to the direct mail Mm -hmm. campaigns. So I personally think it's very fruitful. I know there are other areas and organizations that are, you know, are trying to achieve the same goals online. And I think why not utilize both? Well, and that's a question I have for you, too, because with the evolution of email and text to give and all the different digital avenues, do you delineate who you send what kind of campaign to? Are you just hitting the same people with one? Get They get a letter and then they get a text or an email follow up. How do you kind of look at how that works and how you bring all of that into a year in giving? We send our direct mail campaign to everyone. Mm-hmm. We don't go through and say, these people might not. We just send it all out. Mm-hmm. We do have certain people that we target uh, via email um, based on, you know, whether or not, number one, they've requested. I think there's so many different avenues. There's social media, obviously. That's mm-hmm. very, very big. And of course, um, we've got Permian Basin Gives that has introduced many organizations to a new way of giving that, you know, put people, challenge people to be online when um, that just wasn't a comfort zone for many organizations. But I do think um, a well-rounded approach Mm -hmm. is what works best for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm always learning. I love to hear other people's um, ideas and what's working for them. That's one of the other great things about Associ- Association of Funding Professionals, AFP, let's just call it AFP. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. It's a little difficult to say the whole thing. But um, I think you learn from other people. Mm-hmm. I've made so many friends. We'll go and meet and have lunch. We'll ask each other questions about events, campaigns, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So that's very helpful. Well, and I think that's true. I can honestly tell you, I don't walk out of a conversation with another fundraising professional that I don't go, oh, yeah, let me make that note. Let me come back to that. Let me think about how I'm saying that in our own work here at MSS. And so I I've really upped my game because of being able to connect with people like you, Melanie, you you've been doing grant writing and fundraising a lot longer than I have. And so, you know, my career has kind of taken a different path than yours in some ways. And so it's just really beneficial and helpful to me to be able to, you know, gain ideas or volley ideas and not just from the professionals that you guys bring in to speak, but from each other. Yes, because key. we mm-hmm. know this community, right? Mm-hmm. We've been here. That's so true. Um, and really, it, it could be anything. You'd, you'd be surprised from conversations what you'll take back. 
I'm a big believer in sharing ideas and, uh, you know, because we're all trying to make this place that we live in better. So I can vouch for that. Melanie is wonderful about sharing ideas because as we've planned events, we have looked to sinners and their amazing event that they do every year. And it has really been sort of an inspiration for, I know not just MSS, but a lot of other agencies as well. Well, thank you. I actually attend a lot of events because <laughs> I'm taking notes. I mean, I really am. I make no, uh, no bones about it. Um, but I'll, I have no problem reaching out and saying that was amazing. Would you mind sharing anything? And, you know, and it's wonderful when people are willing to, to be open. I just think we can all help each other out. And that's what AFP is really about. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. So when you start looking back at year in giving, do you set a goal? Do you announce a goal? Is that something that in your experience you've seen work for nonprofits? I think something that's worked well for that has worked well for us is having a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that has been better than setting a goal. We set goals in house, but Mm -hmm. we don't announce anything. Sure. Having a donor give a challenge to the end of year, I think is is good. That's an interesting idea. So how do you go about having that conversation when you're looking for somebody to set that challenge? You find someone who, you know, is very, um, very supportive, very already invested in what you're doing. And um, I think it's wise to find someone who is already giving mm-hmm. and approach this idea because um, so many people, just like we're talking about in the world of fundraising, we look to others who we see, other successful organizations, events, whatever, um, other people in the community look up to others that are successful in their philanthropy. So I think anytime we can encourage someone to be that example mm-hmm. and remind them it's not necessary. It's not about um, popping yourself up on the on the stage as much as it is just being a leader and encouraging others to join in that. It's like a mentorship, I think. That's yeah, something think that so. we see a lot, mm-hmm. you know, especially encouraging younger generations to become a part of philanthropy. Yes. That's big because I mean, our median age is 32, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. I think as nonprofit organizations, I'm sure across the board, you tend to get kind of used to the people that give mm-hmm. and the places we go, whether it's or uh, foundations. And if you don't constantly challenge yourself to try to open up new avenues of funding, um, it may not affect you now, but the organization will be affected in the future because some of these resources are, they're not going to be available. For example, I know we've seen a change in corporate giving. Mm -hmm. We've all seen that. Um, And there are corporations that we were used to funding events that went, that have changed, you know, the, the scope, their scope of giving. And so that makes us have to go and look again, how do we fund this event? Is an event a good idea? Mm -hmm. How does this work? So I think it's a matter of constant, constant motion, constant investigating, you know, Mm -hmm. you always have to be doing research about, um, who you're going to target and how you're going to target different markets. And 
I think it's always different than, I mean, market research for a company that's selling a product. We're really asking people to care about the community they live in, Mm -hmm. to brighten the place where their children are growing up, you know, the parks they're playing in, uh, make sure for for us, you know, that we try to improve the the mental health well-being of our community for, you know, you are supporting other nonprofits, which is like, Double, <laughs> yeah, double the good. So I well, think, thank you. I I like to think so. <laughs> it really is. I mean, but I think changing the way that people think mm-hmm. and making them understand that it's not it's not giving to charity. It's giving to yourself. You're giving to your kids. You're helping the place they live be better. Yeah, I think that's really great. I think it's you know setting that example, finding those those donors who are willing to to be the example for yes. others, to be the mentor for other, and it's not just younger generations. It's people who are new to our community. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of people that are constantly moving in or moving out, and so just having that, um, setting the example for what Midlanders expect of each other. I tell people, I will talk to a consultant from somewhere out in the country and say, you know, Midland's a little different. And, you know, they look at me like, "Uh uh-huh. Everybody says that about a month later. Oh yeah. You're not kidding. Midland is a little different. It is different. Um, in so many ways we have such a philanthropic community Mm -hmm. also. I mean, it's in so many nonprofits. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of people to give and a lot of people to receive. So that's a good point. So these are some really great, some great insights. But before we run out of time, I do want to circle back to talk a little bit about what AFP has coming up. You've got a big event coming up in November. We're yes. celebrating National Philanthropy Day. Yes. Tell me about that. So National Philanthropy Day is wor- worldwide and it really is uh, a celebration of philanthropy. And, um, we take a moment. We have this wonderful luncheon. We honor different people in the community. Outstanding philanthropic business, outstanding foundation, fundraising professional, philanthropist, philanthropic family, volunteer fundraiser, youth and philanthropy, and philanthropic organization. And there are some really important people that give so uh, graciously that mm-hmm. are typically honored at these events. And then there's the funding professional, which is also a, a, a treasured. Yeah. Honor. I'm sitting next to someone who is a, <laughs> on, who was honored recently. You are fundraising professional of yes. the year because she's got some knowledge in there. Y'all. I want to mm-hmm. learn from other people and that's what AFP is. I mean, you can learn from people who are have been in it longer. I, I learn, often learn from people who are brand new, who have these great I know. energetic ideas. I'm like, I want to absorb all of it. Yeah, I think so, that's a really good point. Ideas yes. are coming from everywhere and we need new blood in fundraising. We do. We need to encourage. Uh, I, I'm a big believer that we should be in high schools talking about this as an option for a career because uh, most people I know didn't grow up thinking this is what they were going to do. It's, yeah. You just kind of find yourself here and it's a great place to be. 
It really is. I do want to say, if you have an interest in fundraising, stay tuned because we have an episode coming soon with the Nonprofit Management Center where we're going to be talking about Fund Academy, which is a class that they offer for individuals who are interested in getting into fundraising and fund development. So stay tuned for that, y'all. Tune in. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, State of the Nonprofits, for when that episode will drop too. So I want to come back one more time. National Philanthropy Day is Tuesday, November the 15th. If someone is interested in tickets or sponsorships, how do they get that information? You can do a Google search for AFP Permian Basin Chapter. Okay. And we should have information on the website for you to go and look for. Wonderful. So stay tuned also for who those individuals being honored and those companies being honored will be. I know you guys had a nomination period just a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. So that's in process. And I know you'll be making an announcement most likely pretty soon. Yes. Wonderful. Well, any last thoughts, Melanie? I don't think so. I think I encourage people to come and check out our Lunch and Learns. Um, They're really very informative. You'll meet a lot of great people. And I think you'll want to join. I agree. And I will say, Melanie, thank you so much for volunteering to lead that organization. It's truly valuable for all of us in nonprofits. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. It's it's an honor. Wow. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your time. And thank you to our audience for tuning in to State of the Nonprofits and Recording Library of West Texas for their partnership. 